Holly Knoll, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. If you've always wanted to start a business and don't know where or how to start, you've come to the right place. After leaving an unfulfilling corporate career, I decided it was time to start a business of my own. Today, I'm a business coach and creator of The Consultant Code, where I help people start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. So grab your latte because you're about to be inspired, armed with knowledge, and given simple tools to start a business of your own from my interviews with Everyday Entrepreneurs. Welcome back to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Melissa Wong. She is a retail veteran powerhouse who started her very own company called Zipline. And I was really intrigued by her story as a woman of color, a woman in retail, and a woman in technology. So I, needless to say, was super curious to hear her story, her background, and to learn how did she start this amazing company called Zipline, which is currently implemented in some of the top retailers around the world. So let me tell you just a little bit about Melissa from her words. Melissa is a retail veteran and consumer technology expert. She spent over 10 years focusing on retail communications at Old Navy. And during her time in one of North America's largest retailers, that being Gap Inc., she focused on improving the way the company communicated with its stores, which ultimately improved store execution and drove sales. So fast forward, she now serves as founder and CEO of a company called Zipline, which is a leading retail communication and store execution solution, which is loved by some of the most innovative brick and mortar brands in the world. So I am very excited to share with you Melissa's story about her journey as a founder of a tech company. And she also gets pretty personal with us on some of the challenges and struggles she's had in her life along the way. So needless to say, I think you will be inspired by this this interview. And I hope you walk away with a few nuggets that you can apply to your own journey and something that inspires you to keep going with your dreams. So with that, Melissa Wong. Welcome, Melissa, to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. It's been a long time in the making. I know. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. So just for the listeners and the audience, I first heard about you from my current client that I'm doing some work with, and I have been there for a couple of years, World Market. And we were implementing a brand new software as a service tool for our stores to improve communication. This is how I understand it. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you're going to do a much better job explaining than me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that sounds like a really cool tool. And our CIO, Evan, was like, yeah. And it's founded by a woman. And (laughs) I used to work work with her at Gab. And you should totally get to know her, Holly. And you should introduce yourself. And I was like, yeah, a woman in tech who started her own (laughs) software company. Like, yes, sign me up. So here we are today. And why don't you just start with your own intro and a little bit about your background and and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I'm Melissa, CEO and co-founder of Zipline or Retail Zipline. And yeah, so it's funny because I actually met Evan a long, 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 long time ago. And when we both worked at Old Navy. And so, you know, I think Evan's always been in IT, within brands, and I had always been in store operations, store communications. And, you know, I think, you know, they've been for 10 years. And, you know, over the 10 years, if you've been in Reda for a long time, (laughs) I'd see the same things play over with different leaders in different ways, with different strategies. But there's always sometimes the same problem. And I found myself working on the store communication problem, probably three or four times within a 10-year period. And what the store communication problem was is essentially, how do we get the stores to do the things we're asking them to do in store? So, and the reason a lot of times that they say that we're not able to do those things is because ineffective communication channels, right? So, Communication is an effort of the stores doing the thing, knowing about brand strategies, rolling out new technologies. I was just messaging with a, 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 a store manager at the container store and the manager said, you know, thanks so much for Zipline. It's all so frustrating. It's the worst experience when customers come into store with more information than you. That's the worst, <laughs> right? <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> 
But also, like, if you're in retail, you kind of know that that actually, unfortunately, happens a lot. And, you know, from from my standpoint, from like, you know, where, you know, where I feel like we have the biggest impact is that I believe that stores are the best manifestation of the brand. Like, they're authentic, they're sticky, customer loyalty is built there. There's a bigger, you know, halo from a purpose perspective online around physical locations. And now post-COVID, we see them doing more things. Distribution centers, right? By online mini DCs. store, mini DCs, right? Mm-hmm. And stores are being asked to do more. There are less people in stores because of the you know, wage changes and staffing issues. And, you know, even before all of this, we weren't setting our stores up for success. We just, there wasn't good technology. And so when I was at, you know, Old Navy kept on, you know, implemented some, we had a homegrown system. We implemented kind of best of breed at the time. The problem with homegrown is that it never truly evolved with current communication technology. It's like, we have gone from, you know, intranets, kind of like old school intranets and like SharePoint to, you know, TikTok in terms of the way that people consume information on a day-to-day basis now. Like that's huge. And some of the traditional enterprise technologies were so hard to use, which is a barrier for stores because your turnover is so high and the competency range is so wide. You can't get someone to understand how to use the technology. They're not going to get the information and they're not going to do the thing that you're asking them to do. So after 10 years of doing communication evolution or being yelled at, <laughs> being like, your head against the wall. I don't know, I just get a call on like Friday evening, like, hey, we just got a store visit, you know, at this, you know, store location. How the sources that I didn't get the information did you guys send out there? Well, like, yes, we uh, did. You know the drill. So, yes, yes, we did. How many stores did it? Like, phone tree. It's just like a cr- incredibly inefficient and just like, a lot of spin. And so, I was talking with one of my VP of operations at the time. He's just like, well, listen, you know that DMs are the silver bullet. Like, if we can get engaged, the DMs, be better business owners, coach the stores, we can move the needle because we're going through a brand transformation. I was like, I know. And I've looked at a lot of different technologies. It's not that I I don't understand what you're asking me to do. There just isn't any technology out there to do that thing. So I started talking with like, brands like Disney, Lulu, what are you guys using to communicate to your stores and get them to do the things that you're asking them to do. And wouldn't it be great if there was a consumerized way you know, that felt as easy as Gmail to like read the stuff, plan for work, do the thing, keep track of all of the information, like Gmail, essentially like, you know, specific retail people are like, yeah, that'd be amazing. Why doesn't something like that exist? Mm-hmm. And so I was complaining to someone, a friend of the time, and I was like, yeah, my VP is really asking me to do this thing, but there's nothing out there. I've been talking to all these people. And he said to me, like, why don't you stop complaining and do something about it? I know a guy. Go, go create it. Yeah, I know, I know a guy. guy. Mm. That guy ended up turning, turned out to be like a founder. So, you know, my co-founder is like amazing. And we've been, you know, working together on Tipline for 20 years now. It's been an incredible journey and an incredible honor to, you know, come from uh, the space and to be able to help transform, like, how retail operates and make it easier for everyone. It's just so darn hard mm-hmm. at every level. Stores, district managers, headquarters, like, you know, you're getting whiplash from all of the changes. Yeah. And everyone, it's like everyone's just looking for reading. So how do you make that decision-making, communication, feedback loop on if it's done? Or if it's not, is it effective? Is the decision effective or is it not cleaner and better? And mm-hmm. so that's what we're really here to do, right? Make it easier for everyone. Yeah. So Zipline does just that, that you went and created the what if we had X and you noticed a gap in the industry, in the market. And I'm way oversimplifying, but you went and mm-hmm. went and did it. So yeah. where is Zipline today? That was eight years ago when you first started. And what's been, if if you could just highlight the evolution of your company from where you started to where you are now, what what's changed throughout the years? And oh, gosh, how, so how do you evolve? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what I would say is like, in a nutshell, what is it like, I would say like the one-stop shop for store 
for communication task operational platform, right? Mm-hmm. I think that oversimplifies it sound because I think we really are in support of source helping them run their business and to give headquarters better control and confidence that the stores are actually doing the thing and a data point to if decision making is being affected. Can you know, can we ensure brand strategies are being carried out in source? Today, that mission has not changed since the beginning, right? So the kind of just like maniacal focus on helping retail be better, make it easier, that's never changed. That's been unwavering. But of course, over the past, you know, couple of years, we've got, you know, we had zero customers at first. Now we have over 80 of the best brands in the world, right? So, you know, you met us through Royal Market. Also, shout out to their Corda Madero store manager. It's amazing. And that store experience is great. So, but, you know, also Gap Bank, Nike. Wait, um, let's stop there. So the close. very company you worked for that didn't have mm-hmm. the tool, now you are able to be on the other side and implement this tool at Gap, where mm-hmm. you noticed the biggest for lack of better words, gap. So how how does that that feel to be like, boom, I went and created it and now you guys are a customer. Like that's- I know. It is. I mean, it's really interesting because, you know, if I could have actually done it within gap, I probably would have. It's really scary, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but retail organizations are so large and there wasn't a structure to really like incubate, at least at that time, like startups within or- it is. But then I also wanted to visit my co-founder. He's, you know, just as part of what's made us successful as like, you know, my side. So, so in some ways I think like, oh, you know, I feel so proud to have finally, you know, I look at my LVP. I'm like, I finally did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? The solution. I just had to like go outside the organization to build it. Yeah. And I, it, you know, for gapping, like what a better, you can't find a better solution than one that's been like, you know, forge from like their own mind, I guess you could say like, yeah, you know, the ins and outs of the audience so well, you know, the pain points, you know, the personas, you know, what each audience needs, like stores, too much information, too many different places, DMs always on the road, need a digestible way to see like what source specific things, like what are the highest priorities, right? Headquarters, I want a better way to like measure and understand our stores doing the thing? And is this decision making an impact on the business or not? Is this different traffic because the marketing's bad? Or is it because the store is going to get the less defines, you know, mm-hmm. by the time we asked them to post or maybe they're in the back room, right? I think it's been so gratifying though to also see that the same problems exist, different flavors, like at different retailers, but we've been able to also and enable that change with so many other brands. Mm-hmm. And not only the like gapping stuff of the world or the Nikes of the world, but also Warby Pecker, Albert, smaller brands, mm-hmm. Parachute Home. Cool, right? Some when, of my favorite. You know, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Very like, cool. Uh, and so, I don't know. There's just, I, you know, I feel so proud of what we've accomplished and the impact that we've been able to make on the industry overall. Like the best thing is going into a store, like a Cordomadera store and just saying like, Hey, how's the supply going? Like, are how you know are you lending eggs? You know where are the opportunities? And hear people say like basically like you've made my life better than it was before. Like that's what you want to hear as a product, right? Yeah, and that's why Zipline exists for me, and and that's like my mission. So that's yeah, that's what you want to hear is the the founder of this company is you're making you know you're making lives better. I mean that's that's to me is the ultimate compliment. So tell me just a little bit about kind of, I, I, I love this part in an entrepreneur's journey is for going from idea to like, oh, I have this great idea to like, how do you put that in motion and, and how do you start taking action? So how did you go from like, I have this great idea to like creating structure around it, organizing it, finding software developers? Like, how do you go from idea to actually forming your startup? What was the journey there? And did you go for funding? Did How did you choose your co-founder as well? So lots of questions there. I'll remind you, but like, yeah. how, do, how do you just spin up a company? How did that work for you? <laughs> just like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, especially in the, you know, VC and B2B, like in SaaS space, I think people think, and it probably happens for other companies, like, 
oh, I just have an idea and I wake up in the morning and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm doing it, you know? And Right. Overnight success. There's a lot of stories out there that sound like that, but I, it, it, it or like light bulb moments, right? And yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I, you know, I talked to a friend and, you know, when I was going through it and I think my analogy instead of a light bulb moment is like peeling my fingers from the pool. I'm like in the pool holding the side. And I have to like peel my fingers away one one by one so that I'm like finally in the water. It was an incredibly hard, it's incredibly hard thing to do. Like both from a capability perspective as well as mentally. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you how do you leave this job that you've spent a decade at, mm-hmm. right? And go into something totally unknown. Uh, and so I think it's like the mission that drove me out. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, I didn't even know what sense was mm. when I left Gap. I was like, big S, little S, big A, little A. Like, both like little A, one big A. I'm going here, right? They're going to like ditch, you know, these. I'm like, oh my God, a spark. So, you know, the idea and going to making it happen was a long road. It was a lot of incremental steps to gain more confidence that or belief or you know on my basis of conviction that this is the right path right and then some of it was de-risking or facing bar- you know preconceived notions around barriers that I had like you know I told my co-founder once I was like I hope I don't end up like eating cat food just years you know what I mean? it's like living on my bridge you're living on yeah. and my mom yeah. was like all right I'm always like, down and I was like, oh, great. You know, like, even more motivation. motivation. <laughs> and I was joke, like, no, why we succeeded, you know? Like, mom, my 30s, like, you know, either go to my parents, go live with my parents, or make this company work. Okay, I know. Exactly. No brainer. Yeah. But I think just like getting feedback along the way to eventually get to a place of conviction, this has legs and we can do it. Definitely having my co-founder, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't have been able to do without him, right? There's, there's no way. you find him? Just through a friend, right? And I kind of like the one that was like, why don't you do something about it? He's like, you know, I know, I know a couple of people, but I ended up- I know a guy. Really, I know a guy, right? And I ended up hosting my co-founder's baby shower with his wife, actually, because they were looking for a space. And I loved, and like, especially at the time, I had like a lot more time. I was like, oh, and like, I love those two. I was like, you know, Jennifer, I just snuck around all the time. And so we totally hit it off and started discussing on the side, you know, designing, like prototyping ideas. Like, what would it look like? Talking with people, like, does this make sense? Right? Like, would you, do you think this would be effective? And for my own learning journey, we did Alchemist Accelerator, which is like a B2B accelerator. And I learned how to fundraise. I learned how to demo day. I mean, just learn kind of like the basics of maybe you could say company building, I guess. Yeah. How did you get into the accelerator? How did that, how did you get chosen or did you apply or how did that come together? Yeah, someone, so my co-founder in the beginning said to me, we're going to do this company distributed because even though I'm in San Francisco now, we're here together. Mm-hmm. We're going to go move up to Canada because my parents are there and we need help with a kid. Mm-hmm. So I panicked and I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do This is pre-pandemic where we weren't used to doing distributed yeah. teams. Yeah. I, you know, I knew nothing. I was like, you're going to be successful. And I was also, co- I was like, you know, panicking to a friend and he goes, I know this person that, and I think she had just worked at the Alchemist, at Alchemist Accelerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I connected to her and she said, you should apply. And then separately, I found out that my co-founder's earlier company had gone through that same program. And so we applied, we got in, and that was really the beginning. His partner, the one who really started that program, he was amazing. You know, he gave a lot of perspective. He was and has continues to be a great mentor connector i'm like you, you definitely at least from my perspective you definitely can't do it alone mm-hmm. there's no way like yeah. every, i tell my team every year i have a different show 
every year, the shape, the focus of the company shifts and changes, right? COVID, supply chain issues, right? Like there's so many things in the market and so many things in the team dynamic that changes. Mm. What's your job this year? What's my job this year? Mm -hmm. Question. And I think my dog is snoring very loudly next to me. Oh, Uh, what kind of dog do you have? She's a Cavalier King Charles, and she likes to help with the podcast by adding her snoring. So if you hear that, that's what it is. So your job this year? I would say building. So we're expanding internationally. So that's been a focus and just building better cohesion around the leadership team. Mm. has been a focus. So just, I think goal planning, just like this operational, better operational rigor. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think that our company needs at our stage of growth. And mm-hmm. so that's just getting us to the next stage. So you, it sounds like you're really stepping into leadership and building your team and building your leadership team and, you know, focusing on, yeah, how, how do you take your company to the next stage? International growth, huge. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see yourself stepping away from building the product and now it's building a company? Is Has that changed or evolved or what does that look like to you these days? So, I mean, I, I, mean, I always will be close to the product because <laughs> such you a left user. Yeah. yeah. And... It's close to the mission. Like you can't transform how retail operates if you're building the wrong product, right? Yep. I am not as much in the leads as I used to be, if you can imagine. Like I'm not like drawing out things, but it definitely worked closely with the product team mm-hmm. to make sure that I think I had like a very opinionated view sometimes on the, how we approach things. Yeah. And so stay close there. I think my job is not as much to be in the weeds of different functions, but to give people the context and set the goals and the outcomes and start some of the conversations, right? So I'm more on this piece of like asking questions to produce better conversations, to produce better answers. Like I know I won't have the best answer all the time. No one does, right? So how do we have productive conversations or ask questions that drive better outcomes because of great built-in things? Part cultural, right? Yep. But outcome related. Yeah. So knowing the right questions, I I love this, to to start the right conversations, to get people thinking without serving up the answer, because I'm sure you could easily go to, this is how it should be. This is how I see it. Now go do it. And you know, I see leaders doing that all the time, just, you know, throughout my career. And well, that could be effective. It's one way of doing things. I think a lot is lost in not letting, Mm -hmm. you know, people come up with ideas and answers for themselves or as a team or as a group. So I think that's a unique, that's a very like valuable and unique leadership style that I don't think it may feel like commonplace and that all leaders do that, but I don't, I really don't think they do. And just the fact that you have that awareness, I'm sure does achieve better outcomes than just being directive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, you, Let's, you're, you're yeah, done well so far. So very yeah. successful. So just switching gears a little bit, as this is a women in tech focused podcast, mm-hmm. uh, tell me just a little bit about your journey as a, as a entrepreneur in as a woman in the tech space, what have you experienced? And and a woman of color. And mm-hmm. has anything stood out for you, both positive or challenging? And challenging can be positive. But what stood out for you through this eight-year journey? And you know, any key learnings or any observations or what stood out for you in this role? I would say women are definitely underrepresented in tech. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. Right. Um, men, not all men, but <laughs> totally. No, yeah. Yep. I think one thing that stood out is that there's a lot of self like I've I've faced a lot of self-doubt, especially early on. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the journey, right? And unfortunately, right? Sometimes it it's like I actually kind of like this is now. I'm like, why why does it have to be part of 
the journey and I see it in a lot of my team as well, right? Mm-hmm. We have a lot of women leaders and I see that the women leaders do not give them or leaders, individual contributors. And I see the women in general not giving themselves as much credit for the work that they're doing, which is sad, right? And I also identify with it. That's, you notice it because you've been there. Mm-hmm. And in our founding journey, for example, I really underestimated how much domain expertise and experience really made a difference. That I think combination of domain experts and technology savvy for my co-founder is one of the reasons Origins is a series A, B, C invested in us. We have Santi who's on, as a board member, he was on the board of Zoom, right? So mm-hmm. we have like really esteemed investors. And it wasn't actually until a couple of years ago in looking at the competition and realizing, wow, domain experience like materially makes a difference. Like you're like, I look at some products and like, you're designing that wrong. It's not, you're not designing it to make it, it's not making it easier for the stores. You're making it harder for the stores. Like, and it's taken me years to understand that my background, I always kind of like undercut my background, but I think it actually is an incredible advantage. And I think women don't see their own strength as much as guys do. But on the other hand, um, you know, I have one woman on my board. I did a lot. You know, it's funny because coming from retail and doing a fundraise, tech is super male, white male, let's say, dominated. And yeah, I'm so used to being surrounded by women and gay men. Yeah. <laughs> but like, galore. Yes. What, yes. What's going on? Mm-hmm. But in a way, and, you know, in reflecting on it now in hindsight, in some way, I think because I was such a minority in many ways, an outlier, I think that is almost, and it, it was, it, the divide was, in, at least in my mind, so large. I think that that's what created a path for me to feel like I could become an authentic leader, right? Like it didn't, unfortunately, didn't have many role models to say like, oh, this is like a woman CEO that came from the domain right? And this is how I'm supposed to be. Like, I, I didn't have, I actually didn't have anyone. The biggest manager that I pulled from was like my old manager at Old Navy, who's Kim Tarantino, now at Sephora. And she just had a really, I don't know, she just had an authentic leadership style where she wanted you to be yourself. You know, she was like caring and compassionate, but also like you're accountable. And it's a different different style. And so, you know, in some ways, I think it was freeing because it's not like I looked around and in the sea of like people that are like me, I'm like, oh, I have to do it this way because I looked around and I was like, there's no So I wanted to be myself because like that's the only thing I can be. Well, and that's always the right answer, mm-hmm. right? But there wasn't as much pressure, right? So like, right. Maybe, but even if I wanted to be like a white male, guy with a ton of ego, I can't. Like, it's just like not in my DNA. No. But, it, but I think, you know, so the good the goodness of that is, you know, we see it in, for example, our employee opinion results for like great place to work. It's like 100% of our employees so that they felt like they could be at their authentic self. Like, how amazing. Wow. wow. Right? Yeah. I, I would like to survey some other companies I know out there and see what they get for their results. And I know that is not the case across the board at other, you know, <laughs> most other companies. So that's that's a huge kudos to you. And and being showing up as yourself obviously makes others feel comfortable to be themselves. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. What I guess you you know, when you mentioned self-doubt, I guess you know, going through the entrepreneur journey, especially in the beginning as well, like, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? You know, I don't know. Do I have the skills to do this? You know, am I, am I crazy? I don't know what, like, what were some of the thoughts going through your head? And then how did you, how did you, how did you talk to those thoughts and how did you talk to yourself to move forward and to, move past those thoughts or how did you, how did you just, how did you talk to yourself when you, when your brain started serving up that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I'd say like I had a ton of self-doubt 
I am not known as like an incredibly confident person. Like I think in one of my reviews, so like you need to have more presence. Oh yeah. Right. So definitely have heard that one too. Yep. So any self-doubt that you can imagine, I have experienced. The tactics were everything from like, there were letters of anthropology for like coat hangers. And I like, just like nailed literally into the wall, like believe, like you can just do this. Like I was laughing with a friend because the movie was like Finding Nemo or Dory resonated with me because it's like, just keep going, just keep going, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. And I think it is just, for me, it's motivated by my mission by impact, mm-hmm. just keep going. And like, it life, life isn't easy, you know? It's like, they're really hard things and you can just do the best that you can do, right? Like, it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to look a certain way. Like, if you just do the best that you can do every any given day, any given week, and just keep going, it's like things will cycle and things will become clearer. It might be for the good or it might be for bad, right? But it'll become clear with more work. It's like the yoga mantra, like just do the work and the rest will come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But another thing I would put in is like the certain journey for me at least was incredibly up and down. And I know it is for many others. And earlier in my life, I actually had like a very unexpected divorce. And at that separation, I just had felt like the floor was falling out. And for like two years after that, I was really just like trying to find find the floor and get stability. And just really felt like everything was falling to pieces. And I was like, just scrambling to just like put together back the puzzle pieces of my life. Yeah. And if I hadn't gone through that experience... I wouldn't have been able to build, I wouldn't have had the resilience or ability or confidence, I guess, that I could weather that much unknown to build the company. And the reason I say that is because I think, you know, it's pretty obviously vulnerable, but I think women hold so much, right? There's such a standard of being like the perfect mom, the perfect partner, you know, the perfect parent or CEO. It's like sometimes people, you know, I'm sure they look at me and they're like, oh, you've got it all, right? And maybe at some points of life, you do have things, but things change easily. Yeah. And and if I had known in that period, you know, of divorce, if someone had said to me, oh, just look, in five, 10 years, you will not believe the person that you will be. Like, because of this, right? I had wanted a kid. That was off the table, right? Like then it's like, there were so many things. And I just, sometimes we don't see that those bad experiences help us become the person that we need to be to get to the next thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm way happier with myself as a person, with the journey that I've taken than I, than I would have been if I hadn't gone through that. But it's really hard to see at that moment so oh so that's gosh. the journey well, that, i mean wow i mean we i need you to have you back on thank you for sharing that i what just kept coming up for me as you're telling the story is you didn't give up on yourself you you just kept going it sounds like you you've believed in yourself the whole time that you were going to get through the divorce that you were going to get you know that what you want is still available to you, what the future that you're striving for is out there. And by not settling, and I don't know your whole story, but it sounds like by not settling for something that was not working for you, you opened up a future of incredible opportunity to run your company, to have an adorable daughter, to (laughs) live your ideal life. And I think sometimes often people stay stuck or make decisions and stay in the com- in their comfort zone because the fear of the unknown is so great oh, totally but if we i often think that if if like i deal with my own excuses all the time and i just went through a workshop last week about how to bust through excuses 
And um, by me agreeing to stay stuck in what's comfortable is I take it as a belief that I don't believe the future that I want is out there for me. And that is where I stop believing in myself. And so that's something that keeps me, you know, in check is like, Holly, by choosing not to do this, you are believing that what you want is not available for you and that that is that is not possible for you. And then I realized like, that's just such BS thinking. So but I, think I don't know if that res- normal. Res- it, it does. It's normal. It's, it's a, it we're does. human. Our that's- brains are doing this to keep us safe, but like, we got to keep pushing out of our, our comfort zone. I, and that's, I think that's- pushing out of the comfort zone is like the biggest thing. And what I would say is like, even if you don't believe, like there's no way at any point that I would have believed that I would have a daughter, mm-hmm. right? That I would have a company that supports like over 80 of the world's best iconic brands. Yes. Like I would have been... Household names. Yeah. Right? But And so... Even if you don't, and I didn't believe in that future, but it's like taking, doing the work to just get to the next step, right? Because I don't think you actually need to believe that the end goal or the outcome of five years can happen. I don't, I don't think that's essential to succeed. I think doing the work to just get to the next step, to find out the next piece of information. Yep. Because, you know, Someone asked me once, like, what's the thing that, like, you regret the most? And and at that time, we're probably a couple years in, I said, and I believe, like, we got to this point of success, even without me, like, really believing in myself. Mm. And I was like, God, how much better could we have done if I had believed in myself? Wow. But you can't always do it. Do you know what I mean? No. It means what it means. You had it. You can't make yourself believe something. You can't make your, you can, you can channel what feels right, but belief is a hard thing to like come by. So I always say like, and it changes minute to minute, right? (laughs) I can feel on top of the world. Like I just killed this Peloton workout. And then I go back to my desk and I, I get a, get like an email in my inbox that I all of a sudden am taking all personally and think like, God, I totally, totally. (laughs) right. So it's like, regardless of like what people think. Including yourself. Like, yep. I think people are just capable of amazing things that are beyond what you can even possibly imagine, even if you don't see it. And I love what you said to do, doing the work to get to the next step. Something that I've noticed in our talk today is you picked up on what the next steps needed to be with your business. Like, I know a guy. Oh, cool. I'm going to go <laughs> talk to that guy. You could have easily been like, okay you know, a guy and like procrastinated, put it on a shelf and never thought about it again. No, but you, I think you have like a bloodhound nose and you just went <laughs> for it. And like, we're like, sniff that out. I know a guy, you had a conversation, you ended up hosting a baby shower for his wife. And then, and then the, the founder of the, the founder of the accelerator, like someone, oh, yeah. someone was able to introduce yeah. you. You went down that rabbit trail. You just did the work to get to the next step. And look at the doors that open, you know, like a video game. Like I clicked on this, I ate this, you know, piece of food. It brought me to another level, yeah. like you know, like Pac-Man or whatever. But, you know, you you sniffed it out and you went down different trails to get to that next step, which opened another door and another door and another door without trying to boil the ocean and be like, well, I'm going to start this major company that's going to service yeah. 80 plus of the top retailers in the world. Like, I think that happened like, as a result. Yeah, just like being open, you know, before Zipline, I was very more planful, like A to, a to, a to B, right? Like A, B, C, D, I'm going to do this like 15 steps. This is what the plan's going to look like. And I'm going to control it all. I'm going to control it. And, yep. and there's something around, I think I've changed as a person. And this is kind of like corny, but I believe that like the universe, things happen in the universe that are unexplained mm-hmm. and they just happen and they open doors. And your only job is to look and be open to the open doors, right? Because even in my wildest, like back to the belief thing, even in my wildest dreams, I never would have planned for this and being able to architect an A through Z path. But it's like being open to the potential of what's possible while not even knowing what that might be. There's something, I don't know. 
I know it's kind of like corny and I have like a not small up in my like, like Zoom background, right? Yes, but, even if you're Himalayan sea salt in your Zen background, but no, yeah. really this, I, I, need, I need to hear this today. I, I hope others out there do too. It's, I think it's so true. We People come into our lives or choices come up that we don't really know why or what, or but the choice is right in front of us and we have a decision to make. And depending on the decision, like look at, you know, into the future, looking back on that decision, little did you know in that moment, what big door that could have could open for you for your future. And so to your point about being open and paying attention to when these things come up, I think you're that's spot on. And sometimes we're moving so fast or not present or self-doubt creeps in and we give up or, but, but that, yes. And maybe that's okay too, because maybe that wasn't the right door. Not every door that comes is the right door, but yeah, like just taking again, back to just keep, keep on going and taking that next small step. Yeah. Who can, who can predict really where that could lead us ultimately until you're there? Really there, right? All and and where and... is there? <laughs> right? like, I don't know anyone on this planet that can say, well, I've arrived. I've learned everything there is to know and done everything I can possibly in this life. Like no way that that just keeps building for the rest as much, as long as we want, we can always be getting, you know, doing more if we want it. So I guess on that note, what are any parting advice or thoughts for a woman sitting out there that's in a corporate job, perhaps like you were, you know, mid-career, wants to start a business or sees a gap or thinks, wouldn't it be cool if, but maybe she feels stuck or the self-doubt is creeping in. She doesn't know where to go or what to do. What would you tell her? I would say, first, you know more than you think, and you know more than you give yourself credit for. You have more value. Your information, your experience is more valued than you probably realize. Mm. I would also say, just explore. You don't need to get attached to the idea or the outcome. Just try three things and just try three more things. And yeah, it'll feel uncomfortable. Feel like awkward. And yep. Wait, so ridiculous. And that's fine. That's part of it's part of the experience and the journey, right? And it's part of building confidence. The more new things you try, I think the more confident you become. You don't wait till you're confident to try the new things. You keep trying until you get confident, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My therapist said, like, you know, confidence, at least for me, is like built from looking at what I've accomplished, which is so hard, right? Like when you're fighting up the hill, you need confidence then. But yeah. I think it just built over years and saying like, oh, actually I have done this thing before that's felt hard and I did it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even my, my, you know, three and a half year old, she's like, we started stars because she's been waking up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And she said to me like two days ago, she's like, mommy, look at how many stars they have. And when we first started, she's like, when, when you told me about stars, I didn't think I could get any. She's like, mm-hmm. and look at how many I have. And I was like, isn't it amazing? The state that it's going to be so hard and not possible and then get all of these stars. So you did it. Yes. You did it, you know? And so I just think that there's something to be said about keeping your, you know, pushing yourself so that you can have those moments where you're like, oh, I, I did it. I, I did something like this last time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like company building for me was like, wow, I feel this sense of despair. I felt this before. When I was mm, watching my divorce. Love this. Right. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah. Pitching DCs, learning something new. Okay. Well, I learned what sauce was. So I can learn <laughs> what pitching <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The next stage of growth for me, like I know I don't know the answer, right? But I know I have more confidence based off of where I've been that I can learn it. Right. And I can get there hopefully fast enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do it alone. I don't have to do it alone. But I love the, I've been here before. I know what this feels like. One of my, one of my favorite Peloton instructors says, I've survived 100% of my bad days so far. (laughs) Totally. 100%. I have an A plus track record. But I do like, I've, I've felt this before. I don't need to be scared. This is what I did in that moment when I felt this way. And, and that kind of talking to our, ourselves and this, 
you know, soothing ourselves when mm-hmm. when we want to quit or feel scared or unsure. You you were going so one know your value, two explore try th- three things. What is there anything else you would offer a woman who's thinking about starting her own business or doing something brand new? I'd say what's the worst can happen. Mm. Yeah, like I thought it was eating cat food. My mom said we could, <laughs> I could live with her and dad. So maybe that was the worst case scenario. But I guess there was also a quote that someone said to me that really, when I was really at the decision point, and he goes, so I have a lot of fear, like to the extent that early on I had this like background, like desktop picture that said like fear is a liar because I just feel a lot of fear. And so I know for myself that fear isn't necessarily telling me don't do it. It's just saying this is new. Right, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a feeling, not a fact. And he said to me, it also turns out that fear extends all the way, including fear of regret. Yeah, so oh, you can apply fear to any situation, right? So he he's up to me. What do you want to make? He's like, if you're, you know, he just said eighty. He's like, if you're eighty and you're like on your deathbed, looking back at, or like just eighty, you know, I'm looking back at your life. Do you want to say, I wonder what? would have happened if no you know and I was like f no totally I was like oh yeah that like trumps for me I would for me personally that like kind of trumped everything so I was like yeah I don't want to be like I don't have a I don't I had that fear for granted I don't want to regret like oh what would have happened if I had tried that thing like yeah and versus being in this continuing in this job that I've been in for 10 years and that that conversation could be her bed yeah it's true. I, that's something I think about it, when it comes to travel, when it comes to my business. Am I going to sit on, you know, in my rocking chair telling my yeah. niece's kids, like, get out there and do X because I would always wish I would have done that. Mm-hmm. Sure. There will mm-hmm. be some, maybe some things just because, you know, we have to prioritize where we want to spend our time, but I don't want it to be like the big things. Like, I wish I would have gone after, I wish I would have started a podcast for women in tech and I never did. Or I wish I yeah, would have totally. gone to this country that I've always wanted to go to. And now I'm too old and I can't sit on a flight that long or, or <laughs> whatever it is. You know, that that is a fun filter. I run some decisions through as well, or especially when I find myself making excuses like, OK, well, you're making a decision for your future. If you're, if, <laughs> you know, with this excuse, Holly. So I forgot to mention one thing. You speaking of scary experiences, and I don't know if this was scary or if there was fear around this, but you wrote a book. And yeah. I I was I went to Amazon. You have your own author page now. And I love the topic of this book because I think I work very heavily in the digital space. So in e-commerce mm-hmm. and e-commerce mm-hmm. is all sexy. And especially in the pandemic, poor stores like suffered <laughs> unbelievably bad. And I think there's Anyway, I love the topic because I think the stores are getting the short of the end of the stick these days because of e-com. Mm-hmm. But I would love for you to just tell us about your book, why you wrote it, and who it's for, like what can we learn and take away from it? Yeah. So I think the title stores don't suck. <laughs> it was <laughs> the actually title. root actually more for like you, right? E-com. People that don't believe as much in the value of the store. And the reason they don't is likely because stores haven't been able to perform, right? And do the things that you ask them to do, whether it's implement the technology, like online, you can A-B test. You can have like a very, you can have a lot of analytics, right? You know with certainty cause and effect and stores are kind of sometimes like a black box. Yeah. And we wanted to shine a light on that it's not that stores suck. It's that, and we believe that stores can soar, right? Like if you set up the right conditions for success, you can make your stores incredibly successful. And the book is around and just, I think like more of like a retail framework and philosophy around how to store, how to set stores up for success. It's kind of like the premise of how our product was built. We actually have everybody's the pointer that joins, read the book and they're onboarding. Um, nice. And it's still a long time coming. We actually wrote it way pre-pandemic. Pandemic happened, lots of changes got put on the back burner. Talk about getting those, like, you know, making the decisions and then like sitting on it for years. We finally decided like, okay, this is the time, like dust it back off and like get it, get it, 
get it out into the world. So yes. good timing. Well, I'm going to read it. I'm excited. I Yes, absolutely. Stores don't suck, everyone. I'm <laughs> Melissa Wong. And remind me of your co-founder's name. Jeremy Baker. Jeremy Baker, right. I, yeah. I was going to say Jeffrey, but I'm glad it is. Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> so by Jeremy and Melissa, it's on Amazon. I'm excited to check it out. I saw Evan wrote, wrote a review on it too. Oh, he yes, he did. You have some great, you have like Amazing. all very positive reviews out there. So I'm excited to read it. And for anyone that works or supports a retailer, I think the uh, that, yeah, stores can be an afterthought these days. So, but and on that note, I find, I think some stores are absolutely killing it. So I don't think stores are dead. No way. And in fact, I'm no. like, I get have more value. I think before, especially yeah. as a distribution point. Yeah. So I feel yes. like they're actually curing more of the value of organizations than they have before. It's like customer experience. Yeah. It's kind of like conversion, customer experience, and now distribution. So, yes. Yes. Mm. Incredible. A lot is being asked of stores these days. So we've got to give them some love and continue to doing it, to do it. Well, thank you, Melissa, for being here. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that we should have covered or you want to say? I think we covered a lot of ground. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I think there's been some wonderful nuggets here. So I appreciate you sharing and being so open about your journey. And I learned a lot and I know the listeners will too. So thanks again for being here. And where can people find you online? Find you, your company. You never know who may be listening. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So our company can be found at getzipline.com. And if people want to look me up on LinkedIn, they're free too as well. So great. Are you hiring? Some roles. Yes. Okay. So some so, in tech. So especially since this is one in tech, please check us out. Mm-hmm. All right. Their job well, site good. should be open. Go to their job site if you're interested in working for this amazing company. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Melissa. And appreciate you being here. Thanks. Are you curious if your business idea will actually work? Don't worry, I've got you. Your best business idea starts here at hollynoll.com slash free. Go to the link and download my free business action guide. In this guide, you'll map your skills and expertise to build a profitable business idea. You'll solidify an irresistible offer that turns contacts into clients. And you'll implement my step-by-step framework to quickly land your very first client. Thank you for joining me this week on the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and you chose to be here with me. And for that, I am truly grateful to you. For more information on today's episode and this podcast, visit hollynoll.com slash podcast where you can find links discussed in the shows and connect directly with my guests. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you enjoyed today's show, share your rating on iTunes. Or if you'd rather tell a friend about the show, that would mean the world. And remember, check out my free business action guide at hollynoll.com slash free. Or for more business building tools, visit the consultant code on Instagram. Until next time, keep taking action to build your business.